0: This the Cowboys will go to the Super Bowl. Is the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Tony Dorsett scored his first touchdown as a pro. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Tony Hill, touchdown, Tony Hill. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Mahindra, find your nearest Mahindra dealer at TexasMahindraDealers.com. And by SWBC Mortgage. You support your team. We support your family. Your business. We support you. Now your hosts, Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones.
1: It's another Victory Wednesday Cowboys <laughs> Legend show here at the Star in Frisco. I am Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola as the Cowboys will now be looking for five straight wins on Sunday afternoon at AT&T Stadium. Against the Philadelphia Eagles, we're kind of making a habit here, Mickey, of Victory Wednesdays. We are,
2: it seems like, and uh, as I should let everybody know, this they're
1: looking for the fifth of what Bill says will be 12 consecutive victories. That, that's right. I said uh, when Dak Prescott a month ago, when the Cowboys were three and five in the locker room here at the Star, said that he can't remember ever being three and five before. Well, I went back and looked at Mississippi State, and he was, I think. Four and three and four at one point at Mississippi State. Well, then he rattled off 12 straight wins. (laughs) And Mississippi State the next season was number one ranked in the country. And so if he rattled off 12 straight wins after that, sure enough, you did the math on it. The Cowboys would win the Super Bowl in that 12 straight win. That's my Bill Jones. So that was my prediction back then. But we've got bigger fish to fry right here because we've got a great legends guest tonight. Here at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco, a big Cowboys legends. Hello to Patrick Creighton. How you doing, Patrick? I'm good, sir, much yourself. Doing very well. The pride of desoto you yes fighting
3: eagles that's right the only eagles i claim <laughs> <laughs> there you go
1: so so it's timely on eagles week we've got that, a desoto eagle here that is that's correct right. i
3: think you guys planned that just in
1: time yeah yeah a homegrown talent that, that's exactly <laughs> right and of course we've got a lot to talk about with uh, patrick who played for the cowboys during an interesting time when bill parcells coached the team and then yep. wade phillips and uh, of course, was there when Tony Romo made his debut. And Correct. There were some other notable players during that time. I can't wait to pick your brain on what all transpired over that uh, six or seven years when you were at the Cowboys. Now, now, now
3: Bill, you can't get me to say everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta, we gotta, we'll we try. We'll save something. We'll, Mickey try. will pry. We'll <laughs> try. We'll pry. Yeah. So why don't
2: we uh, catch up with you first here? What What do you got going on? What are you doing with yourself?
3: Man, uh, I'm a professional chauffeur for my kids. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's first and foremost. You know, they keep me busy. They're at practice right now. How many kids you have now? Three. Three? Yeah. And Two boys and a girl. And they're playing sports? The, my, my daughter's in volleyball, and both of the kids are in basketball right now. Wow. wow. What are the ages? 9, 10, 11.
1: 9, 10, oh 10, my. 11. Yeah. That's great ages. I had a busy period. <laughs> <laughs> Not as not as busy as it's going to be in the next couple
2: of years with all of them I playing at it, the man. same time.
3: It's it's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, I love it. I cherish it. I've you know I've been able to to be a part of of all their growth. You know, academically and you know, uh, athletically as well. Do you do any coaching? I do. I coach my oldest son's football team. All right. So that's that's. People always ask me. You know, would you let your, you know, a lot a lot of guys don't let their sons play football these days. Right. And I'm like, yeah. I said, one, because I'm out there coaching, so, you know, I can teach some of the proper technique, and at this age, with the weight of developing technology for equipment, I mean, it, it's one of the safest times, and I tell people, I was like, you know, women and men's soccer and lacrosse has more concussions than football across the board, so if you want to just say it's, it's based on concussions, then you should let your kids play those sports, mm-hmm. so it, it's one of those things where, yeah, and it teaches character. You know, teaches responsibility, teaches how to work well with people and get along with others. And and the other
1: thing uh, now with with, uh, youth football is they they start them off with flag football. Yes, exactly. And uh, so they get exposed to it then. Uh, Did did your start with flag football and are they playing playing tackle now?
3: We didn't have it when I was in Little League. We went straight to tackle at seven. Yeah. So now they're getting How about you,
1: Mickey? How old were you when you played tackle (laughs) football? We...
2: Uh, my freshman year in high school freshman year okay. oh
1: really wow i was eight years old and it was tackle see? football yeah, we didn't even think really. about it yeah. we
2: played tackle in the field without
1: equipment of course of course, of course i grew of up of course right you yeah. 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 yeah yeah
2: but you grew up where mickey
1: uh the suburbs of chicago well, see that's totally different so there <laughs> was no we're texans okay? <laughs> i know there was no i was junior high football. i was uh, eight years old irving ymca where did you, you first go. play
3: uh my first place was in duncanville actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we had basketball and hockey there you go. See, you and know. baseball. <laughs> yeah. Hockey. That's You know, that's still new to us down here.
2: Yeah, I know. That's yeah. right. Yeah. We started off clearing the snow off the ponds when, it, when they overflew from the rain, and then they froze and
3: uh, played <laughs> and, hockey And just on the fact those. that y'all were willing to actually go out there on some frozen water. Well, here's yeah. here's the crazy thing. This is nuts. There,
2: So there was a forest preserve there with a big lake. Okay. So we'd go out on the lake and kind of shovel off the snow, and we'd send the heaviest guy out as far as he can go
1: before the ice would, it crack. would crack. And then we'd go, okay, that's, that's out of, that's out that's of, that's of bounds. That's out of bounds. There you go. <laughs> you know, one of the things, Mickey, that I always liked about Patrick Creighton in the locker room is that he seemed to be honest with his answers. He was. You know, he yes. didn't give you the coach speak, you know. and that's So that's why this, this hour is going to be so interesting with Patrick Creighton. Okay. Right? Right, Patrick? It it will be. It will be. (laughs) So, uh, have you kept
3: track of this team? I have. And how things have have been going? Yeah. What's your kind of take on it? My take is I like the position they're in right now. You know, they're 7-5. They're in front of the division. Uh, And so, it's it's, it's really theirs to lose, in a sense. I mean, even if, for some reason, miraculously, some of the other teams started playing well Mm -hmm. enough, you know, to to maybe tie – in a division or something like that. I mean, they still hold some tiebreakers, which is which is good. Which is good. And they can control it themselves. They can control it, You yeah. win. You're, you're you good, win. You're right? good. When you're good, you get one at home, uh, and then you just go from there. You know, what, it, the biggest thing is just getting in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It's anybody's game because it's only take it only takes one game. And you found that out, a good way and a bad way too, right? Correct. Yes. Never
2: know what happens once you get in. So this uh, wide receiver core they have, Mm -hmm. your thoughts on that, on what you've seen from some of these guys and maybe what you've seen with the addition of Amari Cooper? Young
3: and talented. Uh, I think that's the, the biggest thing you can see from them. They're young, but they have some talent, and they have some dog about them which is what I love to see in receivers see you that's know, what Patrick had about yeah, him they're he not afraid to get in and there and mix yeah. it up yeah uh, and you can tell you know they relish the moment when the ball comes away they're looking to make plays and they're and and you're right they're young when you know you, you,
2: people forget Michael Gallup's a rookie he's a rookie yeah he's a rookie and, and he's pretty talented he, he just is. needs to refine some things but you, you kind of like his speed and and, you know, anybody that goes to college, and I don't care where you go, and in two years you catch 160 passes. Yeah,
3: you're doing some things. Right? You're used to catching some pigskin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, one thing about uh, about Michael Gallup, and I've, I've thought of this season, I've thought about Patrick Creighton a lot when I think about uh, Michael Gallup is because, of course, you came from a smaller school, northwestern mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. And if memory serves me right, the first half of your rookie season you weren't doing anything and then you got no. an opportunity the second half of the year right and that's where mickey you could really see what kind of potential patrick had
3: as an nfl receiver yeah i got my first action uh detroit game actually right. i think we were three and four at the time two and four three and four at the time uh and so an injury happened uh, and i was able to get activated and thrown into fire what Parcel would say
1: yeah because you kind of got released and then signed to the practice squad yeah yeah but it but it was an indication of how a player can grow from the beginning of the season and and really in terms of michael gallup i thought it was pretty unrealistic to think right off the bat that he is going to be really productive as an nfl receiver because there's a transition period that takes place now he's come out of colorado state he had great production in college but I really looked at the second half of his, of his rookie mm-hmm. season as when he could really make an impact, and he, we're starting to see that now.
3: You know, it's, it's, it's different now because a lot of these guys and players that are coming out are coming into offenses that are similar to what they're seeing in college. So the transition isn't as bad. It's more the terminology, learning to read defenses, you know, knowing when to be a blitz pickup guy. Uh, so that's the biggest thing. And then the season is longer and it's more grueling. That's the thing. You know, there are no – There're no timeouts for classes yeah your your, your class is the meeting room film room training room wherever you need to be it's in the building you don't leave it you know you get everything here and and there's
2: a lot you have to pick up reading defenses oh yeah reading defenses on the run knowing what your route breakoffs are and all that stuff when
3: did you think that you started like okay i think i'm getting this now Literally, probably didn't get comfortable, comfortable probably until my second year in Sean Payton's offense. Uh huh. You know, because that first year you're just learning how to be a professional player. So it's so it's totally different, you know. And then once you finally get comfortable and get involved in the offense, and you start like, okay, I know the playbook well. You know, I'm not having to think when you can just go out and just play yeah. and react versus having to think, okay, what do I line up on this real quick? Okay, now I know now. Now, now, now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting confused. Okay, this defense is dead. Okay, what are we doing about blitz? But now when you can just go out there and you can just play, it makes it that much easier and the game slows down. The speed of the game was the biggest difference to me when, when I came in. Really?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and your your assessment of Amari Cooper so far? Ooh, <laughs>
0: Cool. <laughs>
3: uh, I, I, I love hearing that been to two games so far this year at Stadium so to be able to hear that means the offense is moving the ball he's making plays you know they gave him a first round pick so he's looking like a first round pick he's he, he seems pretty smooth running he routes. Is. he is his uh his fluidity getting in and out of breaks is something you haven't seen in a while I mean you can tell he really and you can you can tell he, he's running him with a new energy. Mm-hmm. you know he's not having drops he's playing ball he's moving fast and I think his confidence has gotten back since he's made a change of scenery from wearing the you know, the Raiders with the X X skull and you think All they're right. putting a star on that helmet. <laughs> yeah.
1: And of course, Amari Cooper is just twenty four years old. Yeah. And giving up a first round draft pick for a twenty four year old who's in his fourth year in the league right. is quite different it is. than if you were giving up a first round pick for, say, a twenty eight or twenty nine year old. So you're so. talking about the future. He's not even he's not even in his prime yet. Yeah. And he's already
2: in his fourth season. Yeah, and you came with two Pro Bowls in his his belt. With two Pro Bowls in, and and you came in. You were already twenty-five, right? Exactly. Right. I was an old man by then. I was. I was. I was an
3: old rookie. (laughs) I took the road less traveled to get here. Well, you ended up junior college first, right? Before before you went to
2: Northwestern, Northwestern State, Northwestern Oklahoma, Northwestern Northwestern Oklahoma State in
1: Alva, Oklahoma. That is correct. There you go. That's up in northwestern Oklahoma, Mick. I, I got it, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's say hello to Danny Sorek, who has the wireless microphone here at Cal- the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. All of you in attendance here, if you have a question for Patrick Creighton, find Danny, and uh, you can ask a question of Patrick. Danny, how are you doing?
4: Doing well, thank you. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Well, thank you. I have a question for you. Okay. Growing up in DeSoto, how much more special was that playing for the Dallas Cowboys? Just being locally. I mean, did that change the way you felt when you put on that star?
3: You know what? It didn't. I think I felt like I was already a cowboy because it's all I ever knew. You know, growing up here, that's what I was. That's all my grandfather taught me. And you know, I remember he had a mug, uh, like a Pilsner mug that had the Super Bowl insignia from the 77 Super Bowl when they played the Steelers. You know, so that's what I've, that's what I've known. Was there a, a particular Cowboys player that you liked growing up? Tony Dorsett. Oh huh? yeah, that was that was my. I got to actually meet him. I was probably five. Really. Uh, my mom took me somewhere, and he was taking pictures. Really? Yeah. I need so. to have I need to have her dig that up. <laughs> yeah get but now you get it
2: signed I get it signed you know, it's funny him. you brought that up because I just saw something Bill I was looking at you know Zeke is already a thousand yards rushing this year yeah so it's his second one in three seasons he would have had a third if not it last for the year suspension, right, exactly. right so I'm thinking back who else had two thousand yard seasons in, in in their first three and of course Emmett did it his second and third year mm-hmm. he would have had it his first year had he not uh, been unsigned until Tuesday before the season <laughs> opener, right? And he got a, got off to a slow start, but he still had 900 yards rushing. Right. So it's like, well, who else? Well, Tony Dorsett had five consecutive 1,000-yard seasons to start his career rushing, And the only thing that stopped it from being nine straight was the strike in 1982. They missed seven games. They only played nine, and he had 785 yards. So he would have had nine consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. That's how good he was. Hall of Fame. Right? (laughs) And I think sometimes people, (laughs) they hear his name, but they don't understand just how dynamic he was. And the only thing that
1: stopped him at nine it was in '86, they had Herschel Walker and they shared oh, snaps. Shared
3: snaps yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, Heisman Trophy winner out of pit as well. All right, we're just getting started here with Patrick Creighton on the Cowboys Legend Show, and we will continue from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco in just a moment. Back
0: back, back to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Creighton backs up and makes the catch at his 17. Now 25, headed left, 35. Now right, 40. Creighton down the field, past the putter. Creighton to the 40. Creighton down the sideline. To the 20, to the 10. Twice for Patrick Creighton in a couple of weeks. Hunt
1: return for the score. How about that, Patrick Creighton? He not only caught footballs, he would catch punts and run them back for touchdowns. Bill Jones, along with Mickey Spagnola, and Patrick Creighton is our Cowboys Legends guest. You like returning punts? I do. I have a little crazy to me. Yeah, you have to have a little crazy, right? I think so you that do. was 2009.
2: Uh, they were playing Seattle. It was a Cowboys uh, victory that week, 38 17. And uh, he uh, returned that punt 82 yards with 111 left in the third quarter. Uh, Seattle got forced to punt on a fourth and one from their 29. Mm -hmm. And if you heard, Brad said you're second. So the week before, you returned one against Atlanta, Atlanta, right? Right. So when you hear those things, do you, you remember vividly the punt return?
3: Yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Every step of the way? just about it didn't sound like anybody touched you just about every I don't think anyone touched me on either one of them maybe maybe a a slip of the jersey but I don't think on either one of those one was up the middle against Atlanta uh where I think the only guy that actually touched me was my own teammate Terrence Newman trying to get out of the way
2: (laughs) 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 and when I when I mentioned Bill that he was a jack of all trades uh I was also reminded that when he uh was in college uh he was the first NIA NAIA player to have in the same season a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, a kickoff return touchdown, and a punt return touchdown.
3: Yeah. He did everything. It was a great senior year, you know. And you you were playing quarterback, right? Correct. So now the quarterback's returning kicks? Well, that was kind of one of the stipulations when my coach asked me to to move from receiver. I asked him, are you going to take away my return duties? And He's like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm I'm cool with switching in.
1: (laughs) Let me uh, run down some of those numbers as you led the Northwest Oklahoma State Rangers to the NAIA National Championship game in 2003. All right, Patrick passed for 1,837 yards and a school record, 19 touchdowns that year. He also rushed, now get this, he rushed for a school single-season record 1,476 yards and 13 touchdowns, while adding 15 receptions for 331 yards and four touchdowns. Lamar Jackson right. had
3: nothing on you as a quarterback, right? Yeah, well, he didn't do any returns. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. And they
3: never put him at receiver. There so, you go. That's you know. right.
1: And as Mickey said, the first player in NAIA history to score a touchdown passing, receiving, rushing, and on kickoff and punt returns in a single season. But your first three years, you were a receiver,
3: right? You, you played quarterback yeah. your, just your last year there. Correct. Yeah. So how did that come about? Uh, we had the, the, three, the two quarterbacks before me uh, from my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Uh, my first two years, he was a stud. He was All-American. We ran the option. Uh, and so, of course, you know, he's got all the complete career rushing records uh for school and, and you then, weren't
1: getting very many balls thrown your way either I, I was not option, I right? was
3: not I mean we were running Nebraska's offense yeah and it kind of sucked I knew how to block <laughs> I knew how to block that's what I did See that paid off it paid off cuz Parcells definitely wanted me to do that <laughs> uh and going into my senior year uh our coach was what a he faced he was faced with a dilemma uh the quarterback that he had recruited kind of didn't pan out in spring he wasn't what he thought he saw on film. In other words, uh, and so he called me over the summer and was like, "Look, this is where we're at right now. What do you think about me moving you to quarterback?" And I was like, "But you brought in such and such." He was like, "Yeah, no, he can't run the offense like I need the <laughs> offense right." <now." laughs> and I go, "Well, I mean, are you gonna take him over return duties?" And he goes, "Oh no, we're gonna keep that. You gonna do that?" He said that the best thing about it, he said. I can run the offense the way we need to run it. We can move it up and down the field. He said the best thing, you get the ball in your hands every play. Sounds like a win-win situation to me. (laughs) So, So, had you
2: played quarterback in high school? I had. You quarterback in
3: free safety. So, I was recruited as a free safety uh, to Texas Tech, actually, coming out of high school. Yep. Uh,
1: Okay. So, what year did you graduate from DeSoto?
3: 97. 97. So, what kind of teams did you have back then? Because DeSoto, for those –
1: Outside the area, Desoto has been a power for a it while has been, now. For
3: a little while, that year we went uh, eight and four. Okay, eight and four. Got put out in the second round uh, to uh, a team that threw two passes. have <laughs> 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 you can believe them. Two passes. Two passes. They ran option up and down the field on our butts, left and right. And that makes for a quick game too. Yeah, we had we had a couple key injuries. <laughs> uh, our, our, our DN was out he got injured the week before middle linebacker was out he got injured the week before uh so we were all our backups were all sophomores so it was me and one other senior in the secondary and the other three backups were all sophomores so they were young okay Some
1: some desoto high school trivia it, not that it's trivial but okay. of course the best the the player out of desoto high school that has accomplished the most in the nfl would be von miller right yeah without that well who would be your top oh three or four
3: DeSoto players uh there's Vaughn there's Vaughn Miller right uh there's Byron Hansbart
1: yep Byron Hansbart and his son as well
3: and his son BJ BJ's doing well you know two sons actually Uh, he's got two he's got another one that's that's up there now and Byron Uh, Hansbart
1: the son was a Landry Award finalist last year and he
3: uh, is at Baylor now quarterback yeah so uh they're doing well man I'm you know, I, I'm one of those proud alums that anywhere I'm any, you know, anytime I'm anywhere with anyone that wants to talk about their high schools, right. accomplishments and everything. Some running I, backs coming out of and, the and I And I talk about not just us being in the league. I talk about academically how many D1 scholarships we have players Every signed year. because they're able to get qualified academically. So that's, that's my biggest thing. It's not that we've made it to league. Now I will toot our horn on. A bunch of us being in the NFL, you know, and wearing the logo. I think since 2002, they did, a, they did a study on it. I think since 2002, this was about two years ago, it had been 24 of us yeah. that had come through there.
1: In fact, Jason Garrett was just in here, and he uh, he asked me one time, "What what high school do you think produces the most NFL <laughs> talent here?" And I immediately said, I thought DeSoto, probably. Probably so. Dallas-Fort Worth, that DeSoto High School probably is, is we're number to, one. We're was the it tops.
2: macarthur Irving?
1: No. no Negative. No, no. <laughs> Brian Bosworth is our only one. <laughs> <laughs> no. Aiken.
4: Yeah, aiken yeah, yeah. How can yeah. I forget Aiken-Adele? Oh,
0: come A-Dale.
1: on. In fact, he accomplished a heck of a lot more in the NFL <laughs> than Brian Bosworth did, right?
2: So, I think so. I so, I think so, I don't know if it was... That you played NAI level but you weren't playing wide receiver your senior year and then you go into the draft mm-hmm. and probably everybody's thinking, Well, what is he or who is Quarter- this guy, right?
3: You were a quarterback in Coming. coming Come- out. No. No. There. Uh, there. Coming out of the receiver. <laughs> yeah, right. And,
2: and and Patrick ends up lasting to the seventh round. Yeah. Two hundred sixteenth pick out of two fifty five. I think. That's good job. It's good job. And uh, so it's all you, on the internet. So when you get here, no, it's on draft history, okay. by the way. <laughs> uh, and then when you get here, it's like, w- what was your thoughts when you show up? And then there's Bill Parcells, by the way.
1: Well, first off, I mean you're drafted by the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Correct. How, how, Correct. You, you know what? Uh, it's it's funny you say that because. When I actually got the call, I was more more happy at the time, simply because I went until two sixteen, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and just talking. That's when I learned. That's when I first learned the business aspect of the NFL, looking on from the outside looking in. You know, I was like, okay, scouts have told me this. Oh, that's what I'll go. Yeah, no, not a problem. I sat home and wrote every name from one to two fifteen. No, you did, did you not. really? I did. Because, by I, the way, I still have, my mom has all that stuff boxed up. So you're it's, sitting there watching the draft. And I wrote down every name, and I, I put an asterisk beside every receiver.
1: So how, how many receivers? Did you ever go back you know? and say, okay? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Who I think made around, it, who
3: didn't? around 2009 or 2010, there were four of us left wow. from that draft. From class. the whole draft. From that draft class.
2: Because when I looked it up and I saw 216 and I said, okay, let me start looking to see who went before him, yeah, right? See if yeah. I recognize any da- names. And I definitely was probably out of the seventh round. And I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, who
3: are yeah. these people? Yeah, exactly. So one was Larry Fitzgerald.
1: Yeah, Number three overall.
3: Yeah. yeah. And then Roy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Roy, that's, Williams. Roy Williams.
2: Yeah. Who became your teammate. Yeah, came teammate. Yeah. That's right. So when you got here. Not here, but Valley Ranch and Bill Parcells is there. And what were your thoughts when you got into that uh, first uh, I guess it was a mini camp, or I don't know if it was the rookie mini camp.
4: Rookie mini That's camp. where
2: this story came from because my, my headline was someone to root for and I, I specifically remembered him out there and he had some sort of foot injury. Yep. And it looked like, it's like, what's he doing? He's got to come out. He's hurt. He can't hardly run. And he's dragging himself through all this stuff. And afterwards, I, I went up to him, and I said, you look like you're hurt. And, he, and, and you came back the next day and kept practicing, yeah. as I remember. And it was a, a strain plantar fasciitis, a yeah. fascia. fascia. Yeah. It was strain or did it, it tear? Tore. It tore, it right? Tore. Yeah. And so I said, well, you can't play with that. And he goes, I've never been in so much pain in my life, but I'm a seventh round pick and I know the deal and a seventh round pick can't sit
3: out, especially with Bill Parcells standing Correct. there. Correct, uh, and that was truly my mindset uh, coming in. When did somebody
2: happened, tell you that or did you figure it out yourself?
3: I think I kind of figured that one out easily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with, with Parcells. Uh, <laughs> so when it happened, it probably happened 30 minutes into practice uh, and I remember making a plant and I thought it was just, a, I heard it pop. But I thought it was the tape that tore. Uh-huh. So I get back to the huddle and I, and I tell uh, Britt, I say, "Hey, I felt the tape pop. Can you retape it?" And he pulls my sock off and everything. He looks. He's like, "It's not tore, but okay. Let me let me tape it up again." Get in the huddle, and I literally take a step to run out wide, and I just collapsed. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the heck just happened?" So I mean, I pulled, they pulled me out that play. I was like, I don't I don't know. I said it just feels like nothing's there. He takes my he takes my shoe off, untapes it, and Doc's squeezing around and he feels no tendon. He's just doing oh, wow. this. And he feels nothing there and he's just like, Yeah, you tore it. You tore it. And I was like, Can I still practice though? He <laughs> it goes, It's all about the pain you can accept and take. And I was like, Well tape it up and then I get some treatment after practice and everything. Uh and so finished practice. Uh, I go in, start getting treatment on it and everything. He feels around again. Doc Cooper's there. Uh-huh. Doc Cooper, he's like, yeah, it, it's torn. It's torn. He said, it's actually a good thing. It's better to tear it than it is to strain it because the tendon will, the tendon will just connect back and heal again away from that. So I was like, okay. I said, so what's the usual recovery time on this? He goes, uh, three, four weeks maybe, you know, just depends on whether you take care of this and don't, you know, put any pressure on them, so they put me in a a sleeping boot, which I've never had before. It keeps your foot at a ninety degree angle. It's the most uncomfortable thing to sleep with oh. ever. Yeah, because the velcro scratches your legs if you turn over the middle of the night. So it's just it was it was a horrible thing. Uh, finished out rookie mini camp. I get back to school and I immediately just they they already called my the trainer, told her what was going on, and everything, and I think I was back in her office the first thing i was back at school <laughs> like let's go hey this has got to be this got to be going she was like well when i when i asked him
2: talk. about it uh and it, it was the first practice he, he didn't miss any of the practices and he said you got to deal with it you got to suck it up uh and, and he said and, and and knowing parcells right he's not going to give you any quarter right oh, he's, he's not, not. going to baby you or anything oh, no. he wants to see how much you can do uh, at, and when I when I asked Bill about it, Bill said, "You know what? You sprain a foot in training camp. It'll cost you your job. Yeah, it will cost." That's you. how hard he was. <laughs> so he, when I said that to him, he goes, "There, you, 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 there, you go. You can't get hurt." And and yeah. he, he kind of pushed through it. And uh, you know, it was it was amazing. And the other thing that he recognized right from the start was that. One of his avenues to make this team was not only as a receiver, but special
3: That's teams. teams. Exactly right. Bruce DeHaven, right? Bruce DeHaven. Bruce DeHaven oh, the special Dehaven, teams coach yeah. back
1: All right, Patrick Creighton is our guest here on the Cowboys Legend Show. It's brought to you by SWBC Mortgage. For more than 40 years, SWBC has been helping people, companies, and financial institutions prepare to win in Texas and across the country. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and more with Patrick Creighton in just a moment.
0: Back Back. back to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. 24 seconds left. It's first and goal at the four. They're eight down. Shotgun snap to Roma. Pressured. Throws it right. Caught. Touchdown. Patrick Drayton standing right under the S in Bills. Perfect throw. One step in front of George Wilson.
1: Now you got to go for two. Welcome back to the Cowboys Legends Show. Yes, what a memorable game that was. Patrick Creighton, our Cowboys Legends guest with the touchdown in Buffalo. Right, Mickey Spagnuolo? It was. It was October 8th of 2007.
2: Tony Romo. A Monday night game. Monday night game, and it was a holiday. It was not only a holiday in the US, October 8th, it must have been Columbus Day weekend. Who it was knows? also Canada Day or Who something knows? like yeah. that. Because I remember. When celebrated we celebrated po-
1: Canada Day on October 8th that year? I
2: think. I don't know. It was a, it was a holiday in Canada because everybody was drunk. Well, you're in Buffalo.
3: And we're yeah, in Buffalo. and right. We that's stayed right. downtown Buffalo. Hey, it
1: was a Monday night game in,
2: in Buffalo. Buffalo.
3: It's a holiday. Yeah, they were drunk regardless, Mickey. I,
2: I think, as a matter of fact, was that the, was that the game the, the uh, fire alarm went off in the hotel it about was. Five in the morning. I had
3: that one, uh, <laughs> and that was the, uh, the the eggs and battery. And the eggs, remember, on the, bus? On the yeah. bus.
2: And I remember what happened when we left. But let me finish with the game. <laughs> so Romo throws four interceptions in the first half. The first half, and they're only down like seventeen to Five ten. Five in the game, didn't? Five he? in the game. He threw yeah. another one in the second. Uh, in the second half, uh, and so this touchdown. It's third and six at, at the Buffalo. Uh, 43, and they drive and Romo to Creighton uh, for eight yards. He gets out of, oh, th- I'm ahead of myself. The touchdown was a four-yard catch, mm-hmm. and there was only 20 seconds left in the game. 20 right. seconds left in the game, and that made the score what? 24-22. Yeah. Okay, down and by two. Onside kick. onside kick, and a guy by the name of Tony Curtis recovers the, the ball, yeah. and in. the Cowboys have the ball uh, uh, with uh, like 30 seconds Not a lot. left. Uh, He catches two passes. He gets out of bounds, and they got the ball first and 10 at the Buffalo 35 uh, with two seconds left. He ended up with six catches for 73 yards. Uh, and then Nick Folk hits a 53-yard field goal at the buzzer. He, One hit, of the most he incredible hit two games. of them. And he hit two of them, Remember right? He, they called a yes. the timeout
3: right before he kicked Oh, the that's first. right. I that, forgot was yeah. when, that was when they were first, started that was the first started doing that timeout, timeout. Yeah, timeout. yeah, yeah. yeah. icing yeah. the kicker.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that, that, that they yeah. called timeout. Uh, and uh, they end up winning the game. Yeah. And I believe if this was the time in Buffalo, we pulled out on the bus and – there were, we had to go by where the RVs were, and there were three <laughs> women on top of the bus, and they mooned us.
3: <laughs> and they still don't like us in Buffalo. No, I don't yeah, think I found, so. I found that out the hard way there. Yeah. So yeah. I did, I do you did remember not, that, Patrick? I do. Okay. I did not All right. understand I why they Jerry didn't Mickey hate didn't us.
1: make it up. <laughs> no, I wouldn't make that up. <laughs> All right, Danny Sarek. Here at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco, we have a question from someone in the audience for Patrick Creighton.
4: Danny? We sure do. Tonight's question right now is from Drisco, who is from Frisco.
3: Drisco from Frisco.
4: Okay. Yeah. Hey, Patrick. How uh, you doing, sir? Uh, say, so you're drafted in the seventh round, so what was the thinking of the coaches at that time about what they were going to do with you? I mean, obviously, special teams, somebody that high. But uh, you must have had some really special abilities that they were thinking about you and about you might be the receiver that they need. What, what was it, your, your moves or your speed? or?
3: You know what, I'm not sure all the way. I mean, I had a little talent, uh, <laughs> but there was one that used me however he could use me. Yeah. So he had me on every special teams. I was the third-string quarterback. So he'd make me go down there and take reps with the quarterbacks like I was going to actually get in the <laughs> game and play it. But uh, that's just what he did. He had me holding snaps. He had me at the up back on punt, on punt, on punt kickoff. I mean, on on punt, the punt team. So everywhere he could try to use me, he was going to use me. And, and I could so, That's so, probably one
4: reason you stayed that long. You know. I, I
3: think it was. Spar motto model was the more you can do. Yeah. Remind me how long you held snaps. How long did I hold snaps? Yeah. Yeah. How uh, none. Oh, okay.
4: Well, he had you doing that. What just, he had uh, me just, yeah.
1: And DeHaven, DeHaven, <laughs> maybe, Dehaven
4: maybe we should have had you.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, Bill. There,
4: Bill, had there. There. Bill had
1: to go there. He had the greatest he hands on the team. Why wouldn't there. you have the guy with the best hands on the
3: team? Oh. I mean, that was a, that was an ice cube that he was trying to hold. That's true. That ball was that's slick. That's true. It was <laughs> shiny. It was shiny. We, we were asking the same thing during the game. Like, dude, are these balls slick to y'all? And they that's what that's before they start letting the quarterbacks right pick their balls through the week and bring them. They would just pull them straight out of the box, and that's what you played with. Because prior to that, they had been doctored. They the let them doctor. Yeah. I
2: could remember. <laughs> I could remember those guys at Valley Ranch, the the equipment guys, taking the balls on a Friday before the game, with a baseball bat and, and slamming them. <laughs> them into the racquetball court, the back wall to kind of loosen them up. Yeah, and then they would put them in the dryer with uh, a bunch of uh, softener in there uh, and, and to get the slickness you off of him it. You hear them
3: tell them Well, then, then they started doing the uh, hours got real good. They would actually take the footballs, the new ones that they got, and put them in a shopping cart and take them, put them in a little the shower. and put them in the sauna,
2: <laughs> oh, the sauna. and let the steam
3: <laughs> hit them, brush them down, right. put them back in there for a little bit longer, take them out, brush them down again, then give them to us, let them go beat them up in practice. It's amazing. It
2: would be like baseball. No, I don't like that football. I don't like that. Give me another one. (laughs) Throw one more in. So, to show you how smart I was, all right, here's how I finished the column. What more do you want? Hometown guy, small, small school athlete, underdog, made the most of most of his pants, Tough, versatile, head screwed on straight. Not to mention, obviously talented in a Cowboys position of great need. Yeah, like I said, keep an eye on Patrick Creighton. You're gonna like this
1: guy. Well, thank you. Mickey. Did you Did you know that Mickey uh, wrote so glowingly
3: about you when I, you were playing? I, I, not at that Probably time. Probably not. I did. No. <laughs> not at that time, but, but it's that here, was my rookie right year, here. so no. I remember doing it. <laughs> you know, and it was my all, eye. Yeah. I could
2: have been a scout, you
3: know. And Parcells was like, "I don't read nothing the media says. Don't <laughs> yeah. believe me. Don't eat the cheese. Don't buy into it. So I didn't read a whole lot of media stuff. <laughs> what do you remember about the first time you met him? Or Did he talk to you or did? Uh, he did. It wasn't. A long conversation. Uh huh. Whatsoever. It was, it was kinda quick. Uh one of his biggest things, you yeah, hey, you don't so, <laughs> you know ish. So so pay attention. You may learn some things. Get around these veterans, be wherever they go. And he made me follow Terry Glenn wherever Terry Glenn went. Really? He goes, If I see eighty three, I better see eighty four right behind him. And so that's that's one of the reasons me and Terry became so close
1: and of course parcells had terry glenn earlier in his career, his career right? so he yeah. knew
3: what he was all about exactly
1: right. how surprised were you or were you surprised when parcells decided to
3: retire Yeah, it was a shock i think it was a shock because i think it came you know kind of out of nowhere uh it was after that seattle playoff well, we thought game. it was out the seattle playoff game and you know we thought we were building something and you yeah, were man. i mean you yeah, went 13 and three the next year so yeah exactly So, it was like, wow. We always look back and like, what if Parcells would have stayed? How would this have changed, like, the course of some of our careers? Because we considered ourselves Parcells guys. May not have been a trip to Cabo. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't think there would have been a trip to Cabo. Bill with the zingers here today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, so. It was early. It was, uh, what, six games into that 2006 season. You're playing Mm -hmm. a little bit more, and then all of a sudden he pulls the plug uh, on Bledsoe, and it's like, Tony
3: Romo, you're the quarterback. I don't know if you guys remember uh, that game. It was against the Giants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was a Monday nighter. Exactly. And uh, Bledsoe literally missed two point-blank blitzes right in his face. And we had just, I think, just come off a timeout. And he brought a, a gap with uh, the linebacker, 59, who used to be, I cannot think of his name, uh, used to be linebacker. 50, it was 58, 58. He was the middle, Antonio Pierce. Okay, yeah, Antonio, yeah. Pierce. And, I mean, that's a look right at him and pointed at him. <laughs> and, and never looked at him when he came in through the gap. We were like, what the? <laughs> we just me and the receivers like, what the? Did he not see that one? And I think that was the last he, play I
2: saw. And it. the last play was the interception at the end of the half. <laughs> at the end of the half, and it was like,
3: yeah. And Did I, you guys
1: know so, what was getting ready to happen? Y- yeah, sur- I think we had inkling. Okay, so yeah. you, weren't, you weren't surprised when he made the switch at
3: halftime? No, nah, nah, because uh, they didn't stay long in the office at all. Mm. You know, usually the coaches would go in and deliberate. Yeah. yeah. I think by the time everybody got to the locker room, they were coming out. <laughs> and, Parso, <laughs> and Parso comes out, he goes, hey. I'm making the switch. Nine, you're up. Mm. That's all he said, and he walked out. What were your thoughts of Romo at that point? Oh, was you know, I had three years of practicing. That's with him. right. Yeah, so uh, was probably his, good for you, you were his pack. guy, oh, right? Man, that's, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I remember, I remember my second year, me and two new were on the sidelines uh, in practice one time uh, during a special team period where it wasn't punt returns, so we didn't have to be back there catching punts. And Nugo, he said, dude, is one dude on the quarterback. He said, if he ever gets his chance, I was like, who? I said, Romo? He's like, Romo. I said, if he ever gets his chance, he's going to do something.
2: Really?
1: Yep. And he did. And yep. he did. All and right, did. we continue with Patrick Creighton in a moment. I want to let you know that Cowboys Legends show brought to you by Fans United, where you can find game day gear for every Cowboys fan. Visit shop. FansUnited.com to find a location near you and more with Patrick Creighton when the Cowboys Legends show continues in a moment. back
0: back, back to the swbc mortgage dallas cowboys legends show broadcasting live from the cowboys club at the star in frisco almost changing the plane now and here comes everybody and they block it up and he throws it over the middle to creighton broke a tackle at the 10 he's coming left he's walking the dog he bends over and puts it on the ground touchdown cowboys
1: 20 yards to creighton 27 seconds left dallas has regained the lead and the Cowboys Legends show continues with Patrick Creighton here from the Star in Frisco. Mickey, what what'd you make of that play? Well, that was <laughs> November 11th in 2007. Uh,
2: they were playing the Giants. Um, took the lead on a 20-yard touchdown pass to Patrick Creighton with 27 seconds left in the first half. And Patrick remembers the play like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, straight zero blitz. They brought, their, they brought everybody and left a flat tail across the top, meaning every, every DB is up. And uh, Aaron Ross was probably about six yards off. And I think he knew the slant was coming, but he didn't trust it. Mm-hmm. And I held it straight enough, just long enough to get across his face.
2: And mm-hmm. so to finish the story, you heard Brad say, and he put the ball on the ground.
3: <laughs> and- I, I put the ball on the goal line. Because I had to say it was one of those plays where I was just in one of those moments. Because right. I wanted to talk a little noise to the Giants fans because they had been heckling us coming out of that tunnel. <laughs> okay, cool. Set the ball right on the goal line, and and Sam Hurd jumps on it like it was a fumble. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I remember walking in. We're, we're in the film watching it, and everybody goes, I "Coach goes, Sam, what were you thinking?" Mm-hmm. Coach, I thought it was a fumble. I thought I had me a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> And you know the
2: darn thing about it, the Giants in 27 seconds came back and kicked a field Field goal goal. to tie it 17-17. The Cowboys go on to win 31-20. Patrick had five catches for 66 yards, the touchdown. And Terrell Owens had touchdown receptions of 25 and 50 yards in that game. Mm
1: -hmm. All right, speaking of T.O., well, Danny's got a question from someone here, and uh, we'll go to Danny first, and then I'll get a T.O. question in.
4: Patrick, this next question for you comes from Steve from Frisco. Hey, Patrick, how are you? I'm good, Sorry about yourself? Hey, I'm originally from upstate New York, so I was at that game. Okay, okay. And it was Columbus Day weekend. So it was Columbus and, Day. Okay. And believe me, everybody was drunk. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I, I wore my Cowboys jersey going up the stands, and they were throwing beer at me and yeah. acting crazy. They're rude up there. I, 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 and I'm from there. I, I, <laughs> but you're right, though. But diehard Cowboy fan. Hey, I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, there was some controversy with T.O. coming out to the media and talking about Tony and, and Jason Witten, you know, uh, doing running plays in the dirt and talking about, uh, you know, doing some side side plays. Okay. Were you surprised by that? And were you surprised by T.O.'s release by the Cowboys? Uh, first question, I don't think I was,
3: like, completely shocked over T.O.'s release. I think it was it, it came at a time where we didn't think it was going to happen uh but i don't think we were you know originally shocked about it uh second question uh second qu- answer to that question uh yeah they 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 had their little meetings
4: <laughs>
3: amongst each other so nothing was it wasn't a made-up fictitious story uh but it, it wasn't i think it kind of threw all of us like what the like we want to be involved with that too bro, like Lynn can't be the only one you're throwing to so that was you know that was his own little drama you know it's it's cowboys dude it's a, it's a living soap opera we lived it we had to, we we played parts and part of it and all of it so yeah it was everyone had their own character involved in it it's like dallas the tv show with J.R. ewing go. and and i would imagine none of this shocked you because you kind of grew up with i mean the 90s weren't yeah. exactly calm <laughs> right I, absolutely correct, yeah, so I don't think We were calm compared to what Oh, yeah Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So what was it like uh, Being there, playing with Terrell Owens? You know what, it was It was one of those journeys In times in my career where He actually helped me become A better player and a better receiver You know, because he, he pushed me To do extra things To prepare for the game You know, just as far as within Practice and with what I started eating. So it was it was the time that he made my game step up because I was like, OK, I, he's not going to come down to my level. I got to raise my bar to try to get up there, you know. And he told me he learned from the best to ever played. He learned from Jerry Rice. He was like he was doing it like that. I was going to do it like that. So I was like, OK, I'm going to do it like you then. OK. Right. Yeah. So it, it it worked out except for the tights. I wasn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my thing.
1: And I imagine you were very happy when he got the call for the Hall of Fame.
3: I was. I was very, very happy. Uh, it's one of those things where I wish he would have went. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of not fully understood his his point of view. Uh, but, you know, we talked about it and he was like, you're not changing my mind. I was like, all right, well, I've said my piece. You know, I'm just I'm just saying dude. Uh, you know. And I was like, you know, what would your, your grandmother want you to do? He's like, I thought about that and I prayed on that. And I think she would want me to stand on my own two feet. So I was like, "Well, there you go, then, dude." All right, we got a minute left. So, what do you think this Cowboys team is going to do the rest of the year? I think they got to finish out strong. I'm predicting 11 and five. That's what I had at the beginning of the season. 11 and five. They got to win out to get there, though. They'll they'll they'll, they'll win out. I yeah, had
1: 10 and six. Out. So one of us is going to be right. What? <laughs> oh, you think so? You think so? <laughs> Unless they crater down the stretch here but i don't no, think they, they will i think they've got like it. that no. the weather has been playing here lately well yeah. patrick it's been great having you here yes on the man Imagine i appreciate show. you guys
3: thanks for it's having good. me here glad i ran into you in atlanta That's exactly right man you were looking lost on the sidelines i'm glad i helped you <laughs> <laughs> mickey do you know who we have
1: next week? i do not bill okay so we're taking suggestions <laughs> give mickey a call. anybody want to be the guest we there might, you go <laughs> all right and for danny surek great job danny Patrick, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you, guys. For Mickey Spagnola, I'm Bill Jones. And we will be here with somebody next week on the Cowboys Legends Show at the start.